Welcome back to Read the Room, everybody. I'm Chandler. And I'm Alyssa. And this is the podcast about books, relationships, and then relationships in books. And today we are talking about Book Lovers by Emily Henry, the third book of the four-book Emily Henry arc that we're doing. Sure are. Uh, We have already discussed people we meet on vacation and beach read, but today is, as I just mentioned <laughs> book lovers yeah and next week we will have happy place 10 things off and then next april we'll probably read and talk about funny thing what is, is it the... called funny i think it's called funny oh funny story funny story maybe i think it's funny story yeah, anyway she's Her got newest a, book she's got a fifth out. coming out next april mm-hmm. so i'll be sure to check that one out if we haven't torn each other's heads off at this <laughs> podcast by then what you think we're gonna tear each other's heads off? I don't know. We'll see. Oh my god, it's <laughs> a lot of time between here and April. Shut up. Um. Oh, before we jump into it, do oh. you want to talk about a book that you are reading or you have read that you want to recommend to the listeners? Yeah. Um. A wonderful book that I read last year was Piranesi by Suzanne Clark. Not you were gonna say Collins. I was it's like, no way. Not Collins. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no it's way. Yeah. Let me let me make sure. Yeah, Suzanne Susanna Clark. Piranesi oh. by Susanna Clark. Um, it is a very weird story where half of it takes place in this weird like world of halls and clouds and I don't know. Like it's very hard to explain just what's going on in there. Maybe I'll read like a little synopsis thing here but it was um piranesi's house is no ordinary building its rooms are infinite its corridors <laughs> endless its walls are lined with thousands upon thousands of statues each one different from all the others within the labyrinth of halls and ocean is imprisoned waves thunder up staircases rooms are flooded in an instant but piranesi is not afraid he understands the tides as he understands the pattern of the labyrinth itself he lives to explore the house hmm. so yeah it's just this this guy in a weird big <laughs> Wow. House of Wall, House it's of Giving Encanto, if you remember that Disney movie <clears throat> where the house is like the main character. Of the oh book. yeah, yeah, it's not quite that, <laughs> but no. that's fun. So yeah, I would very much would recommend Susanna Clark Piranesi. It has four point two three stars on Goodreads. Wow. And <laughs> I feel like we should just get into the episode. No, fuck off. <laughs> All right. And what are you reading Um, or have read that you would like to talk about? I wanted to talk about a book that I read um, a little while ago just because of the news that's been going on. Obviously, we recorded this right after that happened. When it comes out, it'll be a little bit later. But WeWork filed, um, this is business side of Alyssa, they filed for bankruptcy protection this week, and which is like pretty big news in in that world. Um, If anybody watched the show We Crashed with Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway, then you have to read this book. It's called The Cult of We. Um, it's We Works, Adam Newman, and the Great Startup Delusion is is like the full title of it. It's by this guy named Elliot Brown. Anyways, I devoured it. I used to work for the company. and I remember in Calgary. Yeah, and, and Chandler was a member at one of the offices there as well through me. Yep. <laughs> we set that up. I had um, an office there for like 20 days and then a pandemic <laughs> happened. Yeah, good times. Um, but no, I worked there for a while, so I had a little bit of insight into it, but not very much. Um, but the book itself is so interesting, and I usually recommend fiction um, or like and like contemporary romance. That's usually like the genre I stay in when I'm recommending 
recommending books but this one is like the one business-esque book that i'll always recommend just because it's so interesting the downfall of WeWork and like how it all worked was just so interesting to anyone even if you're not like super into business it's just like such a chaotic story and the tv show we crashed did a really good job of like highlighting a lot of it but again it's made for tv so it's not the most accurate this book is much more accurate and there's a lot more details that weren't in the tv show so i recommend that how does we work still exist after all this because it was saved by softbank which is like a i want to say chinese company Okay. So they saved it with like billions of dollars of bio. And then now they're still having issues. So when I was there, my second day of work at WeWork was the day that Adam Newman was outed from the company and he was the founder. And he was, it was like very big scandalous news across the world is this, that this had happened. And so that was literally my second day of work. And I was like, oh no, like I just signed on. I moved to a new city oh, for this company. Man. It was really scary. And like inevitably that's why I wasn't there all that long because my position ended up being eliminated and they offered me another position that I did not want. So I didn't take it. I worked somewhere else instead, but I was still there for like a year. So I learned a lot. Um, But what they did, what I noticed in that year after all of that, the changes and stuff was there was so many buildings in construction. There was the same amount of buildings in construction that were open. So there was like 800 open and 800 in construction. And think about like the cost of how much it costs to like, and their construction is so intense. Like you've been in them. They're so beautiful. And every single item of furniture is shipped from New York to every single office. It all came from so that they were all exactly the same and they were so overpriced. Like there was just so many crazy things to that. And they've got that kombucha on tap. You know, (laughs) that can't be cheap. No, it's it's really not. Um, But neither are memberships there for the record. They're also quite expensive. But for how profitable their like actual open ones were, it put them in such in the hole for having so many open that were not profitable. Anyway, so while I was there in that year, they were getting out of contracts like crazy. They were like shutting down new buildings. They were like, it was just like a mass trying to get out of all of these construction contracts. So the building that you were in, it actually was shut down. Oh, very quickly that's tragic. no longer a thing because they didn't need two in that market and they didn't and they were like why did we open two and now two are sitting not full yeah. like it didn't make sense so yeah anyways i really went on a tangent there but if you're interested in that sort of thing definitely read it yeah sponsored by <laughs> we were imagine <laughs> this episode. sponsored by adam newman uh so let's jump into book lovers book lovers loving some books <laughs> and i will ask you the same questions i ask every single time we start an episode what did you think of the book and what did you rate it i think i gave it four stars whoa so you liked this one more than the other two uh, i think i did yes wow um uh yeah well i this one was my first ever reading a proper contemporary romance interesting so the fact that it followed so many tropes was kind of fine because it was the first time i was experiencing said tropes of a quaint little small town and oh like enemies to lovers and it is very like that book about books oh yeah we didn't we didn't read the synopsis oh let's do that sorry before we get too far into it let's have chandler read this in his beautiful one summer two rivals a plot twist they didn't see coming nora stevens life is books she reads them all and she is not the that type of heroine not the plucky one not the laid-back dream girl and especially not the sweetheart in fact, the only people Nora is a heroine for are her clients, for whom she lands enormous deals as a cutthroat literary agent, and her beloved little sister, 
Libby, which is why she agrees to go to Sunshine Falls, North Carolina for the month of August when Libby begs her for a sister's trip away with visions of a small town transformation for Nora, who she's convinced needs to become the heroine in her own story. But instead of picnics in meadows or run-ins with a handsome country doctor or bulging four-armed bartender, Nora keeps bumping into Charlie Lastra, a bookish brooding editor from back in the city. It would be a meet-cute if not for the fact that they've met many times and it's never been cute. If Nora knows she's not an ideal heroine, Charlie knows he's nobody's hero. But as they are thrown together again and again in a series of coincidences no editor worth their salt would allow, what they discover might just unravel the carefully crafted stories they've written about themselves. Yeah. So I think the synopsis kind of touches on one of the problems I had with the book. Tell me. <laughs> Where it is trying so hard to like subvert the fact that it's a ro- like it's a contemporary romance, that it's... But it's still a contemporary... I mean, even the synopsis where it's like they're having so many meet-cutes that no contemporary romance editor would even... would allow into a book. It's like, this is a book. Like, we're reading a book right now. Like, it's kind of getting, like, meta in that way. (laughs) I've never even thought of it. Oh, man. I also love Sunshine Falls, North Carolina. It's, like, the most... Like hallmarky name yeah, of a what fucking is this town. Fucking what's that? What's that town in Cars? Like the animated movie Cars. Oh, it's Radiator Springs. It's Stop. giving. It's giving Radiator <laughs> Springs. That's funny. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um and yeah, I remember the start of this one actually, where it introduces Nora, mm-hmm. and it is going all off about how like yeah she's. She's cold. She's calculated. She's not your typical. I like you know, that. That's why I related to her person. But it's doing so. It's like, mm, it's pointing out so much that like, and it's specifically referencing in the book that like she's not your normal heroine. She's not seeing herself as your normal contemporary romance heroine. And it's like you can you can explain that without painting such an obvious picture of it. Oh, I guess I didn't even notice. Maybe I'm like easily pleased by these books maybe like that's perfect well that's i mean that's the thing too and i probably have a bit more critical of an eye and i don't mean then like look at me being able to read well it's more like just being like yeah critiquing (laughs) and that's just because yeah like i I don't often read these types of books so for me it's not just like oh a fun a fun rom-com you know Okay. You're gonna dig into the literary side of it, which is a rookie which move. Which is what they're doing. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you have to not be at their level. No, not like that's what they're doing as their jobs. It's like they're like no, Emily Henry is touching on the fact that like, oh, like this would never work in a contemporary romance. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, she's trying to be too meta with it, and she's being it's, different. Yes, yeah, but like, she's <laughs> trying to be different. Okay, the one thing that I will say about this book, if I'm remembering it correctly, is that Nora like doesn't want kids or like kids. I think that was a thing here, and that was like a big, um, yeah. Look it up. Wait, I might have put it in my review, <clears throat> and that was um, a big, you know, subversion for me as someone who doesn't want kids, which is something that I wanted to talk about in people meet on vacation, actually. But I never got the chance to, so I'll say it here. When it comes to characters who don't want kids, you don't really see them very often in, honestly, any sort of fiction. It is kind of, like, different. And, you know, as a man who has had a vasectomy, I saw that the guy in People We Meet on Vacation also had had a vasectomy. But it was presented like, oh, you know, this is, like, just me being extra careful, and I I do want kids, and I plan on having it reversed when I meet the, the right person. 
But you can't just easily reverse a vasectomy. It lowers your chances of having kids afterwards, and it is like a whole expensive process, and yeah, like there's a chance that it won't even work. So, I don't know, I was like a little, like, oh, what the hell, about the fact that she brought this in as like, oh, what a great thing for this guy to do. But also, like, he still wants kids, and I felt that that was kind of trying to have her cake and eat it too, by not having a character that like didn't want kids yeah she didn't i I double checked just to make sure it says she's not the type of woman who wants to have children yeah or settle down in a small town yes um so i thought that's where things were going with what what was the name of the guy and people charlie oh people we meet on vacation it was um poppy and alex uh, that's what I thought was happening with Alex, but then he was like, no, I do want kids, because I want to be a dad, and it's like, okay, yeah, like... I mean, it can't... is easier for him to reverse than it would be a woman to... Well, yeah, it is, but, but yeah. it just wasn't even, like, really touched on that... Like, it just seemed like the super easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, and it felt like, no, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have your, uh, the man in your story, like, have had a vasectomy for an ideological reason, then, like, go all in on it. And like make him someone who doesn't want kids. Cause make him like you is what yeah. You're trying give me to some say. goddamn representation here. <laughs> make Chandler the heroine. Heroine. Hero. Well, I guess it's just hero at that Whoa, point. Yeah. Of the story. I, mean, I feel like I feel like it's actor and actress levels at this point. Like women should just can be heroes. I think I didn't realize hero and heroine were like. <laughs> don't think I'd put that. That's what that was short for. Yeah. You could cut that out. So anyway, um, yeah, was was glad to see, uh, you know, this. I know that it's probably tough for anyone writing contemporary fiction to deviate away from the formula or to deviate away from just like what would what your usual protagonist would be to be the kind of person who would want to settle down in a small town and have kids. I mean, if she didn't write this aspect of what you're saying, it would be the same as the other book. What do you mean? Like if she, because she deviated from the typical formula in her mind, which wasn't actually a deviation, but like the way that she changed that, she would, if she wrote her heroine as wanting children, sorry, heroine, I said again, I don't know why I'm not using protagonist. If she wrote her protagonist, if she wrote Nora to want children and want to settle down in a small town and want like all of those things, that's the opposite of what she's doing. It's the same as the other books. I mean, yeah. In a way, so like she had Here's to like, how thing. can I switch? So she's yeah. like meta switching and it, I guess. Is how yes, you. I appreciate um, that she took that risk because mm-hmm. it is a risk to have a it. have a main character who is like a little different from the usual she's, contemporary like, romance yeah. protagonist. But I do like I did note that there was a lot of there seemed to be a lot of back padding uh, for herself when she yeah. was doing that off the jump, like introducing her. And I think it was kind of because she knew that people would be reading this as being like, oh, what? Like, weird. This isn't someone I can relate to. So I think she had to be like, yeah, you know, like, we're aware. We're aware that, like, this is different than what you're used to. Just know that we're aware. Well, <laughs> she, so fine. you think it didn't need to say that, essentially? I, I feel like it was, it was too on the like, nose. It was trying to, like, temper the fact that she was kind of deviating. Gotcha. Right. And I, I again, I understand that you kind of have to, but. Yeah. Whoa. Um, so lots, lots of. <laughs> yeah, you really jumped right in there. I don't even know where we were at. Just, uh, how oh, did I was you feel asking. About the book? <laughs> ah, so a lot. You're feeling <laughs> a lot a about seven it. minute rant while you were researching something. I was seeing because I wanted to make sure that she, it was this book that she didn't mm-hmm. want children before yeah. we dove too far into that. Yeah. Thing. And you also don't want children. I don't. I think that they're, they're stupid. Like <laughs> Just kidding. Stepchild. <laughs> yeah, yeah I would love to be a, I think I would be an epic stepmom. 
I think that would be awesome. I personally don't want to have children. I have like, I don't know why I'm therapy. I'm back. Um, yeah, maybe is it because of your family? Do you think? <laughs> yeah, or? let's dig into family. No, no, it's um, I've never wanted kids. I I don't have like a maternal drive in me, and like I have like my best friend. Her name is Taylor. Shout out Taylor. She has always wanted to be a mother and she's pregnant right now too. So that's very on brand. Um, But like since she was young, she knew she wanted to be a mother. And I have never, ever felt that drive. And my whole life, everyone was saying, when you get older, you'll want kids. When you get older, like every single person said that to me. How fucking old do I need to get before wanting kids? That was the thing is then I I was in my 20s and and I remember being like, mom, I, I still really don't want children. She's like, just wait until your 30s. Now I'm in my 30s. I'm like, I don't even want them now more than before and now i'm mid 30s and i well now it's like the last leg clock's ticking Alyssa. (laughs) yeah but uh, that's the thing is i don't feel that pressure of that clock ever because i I genuinely don't want children and i do feel bad for people i have a lot of friends who have had like infertility troubles and journeys now that i'm at this age and and it's devastating and i empathize for them and i you know it's too bad that i couldn't have those problems instead i guess well technically i do but (sighs) just rambling Anyways, but yes, um, I will talk about this more when we read conversations with friends, but I do have mm, endometriosis yes, yeah. and that is a condition where it makes it really hard for you to have children, but it's never even phased me because I don't want them. So it was never even like when it was presented to me and they told me they were like expecting me to be like sad and I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I was like, that's great. That's helpful to me. It doesn't absolutely destroy you on your period? No, or? it does. Oh, okay. It's like the worst thing ever, but I at least the the part where like people get really upset that yeah, it would be really yeah. hard, that like wasn't like an addition life yeah Yeah. no like it sucks having it it's not like i enjoy it i wish i didn't but at the same time i'm like at least it's me you know and and i don't want to have children so anyways so yeah for both of us i think we relate to nora yeah did charlie want kids I don't think so. I Obviously mean, not. I, it, <laughs> it feels like did, not a happy If he ending. really wanted to have kids, then <laughs> that wouldn't work here. So I don't think he does either. He'd be like every guy on a dating app that's like, what are you looking for? Nothing serious. And then right beside it, do you want children? Yes. And I'm like, cool, man. You're in, you're in between 30 to 50, but go off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlie Lastra. He was definitely mean at the start when yeah, that's they had the that thing. little meeting. It was grumpy. Be grumpy at the beginning was the trope, at which I'd never seen before. Something had just happened to him i think yeah but i can't, can't remember, remember. <laughs> maybe it was like a family thing to, no something happened to her and she was like something happened to her but, but he i was think in something a bad also had happened to him they just had a really bad first meeting it was not a meet cute which again feels very on brand for this book her doing the opposite so instead of making a meet cute she made it be this awful do they not have a future meet cute though when isn't it like at the at the coffee shop yeah and they're like when they eventually like oh my god we're both in the same small town of sunshine i know Falls. how does that happen that same thing again it's always so but i have a question before we dig too much into the book there was so they obviously talk a lot about books in this book <laughs> Wow, it is very meta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's clovers, baby. So Nora immediately goes to the last page of a book and then oh, makes I her judgment it. if she'll read it. And then um, her sister, Libby, will go in completely cold. She'll just read the description. Um, like the so book like a jacket. normal person who reads books. <laughs> but I was going to ask, what would you do? Like some people use the 60 page strategy where they go to the 60th page. I don't know why, but that's a thing people do. What do you do? Well, I do want to mention, too, because uh, we spoke about when Harry met Sally in People We Meet on Vacation mm-hmm. as being, like, very similar. Harry uh, also does that. He reads books, he, page he reads, 60? He reads the last Oh, the last book. page. So I does mean, our friend Carly. Page. 
fucking weirdos. Yeah. I hate it. It's wild. I feel like that ruins so I know, much of I, it. I sometimes don't even read the description on the book. If it's been recon- recommended by enough people, I literally will go into it with like Station Eleven. I had no idea what that book was about and you, you told me to read it. And when I started reading, I was like, pardon me. Like I did not think it was going to be about that. Yeah. See, I base what I read um, on what is recommended to me or really? what I'm seeing is I, I really don't like look up Goodreads ratings very often. I'll just, yeah. I mean, also if there's an author that I've read books of previously that I've enjoyed, then I'll just like basically pick up whatever I might find of theirs. But yeah, I never, I never skip ahead never. at any point. That's there's so weird to me. It's Imagine doing that time. for a fucking movie. To be fair, though, there are certain things that I skip in books, and that is like the singing in The Hobbit. Absolutely not. I'm going to skip that. Um, or things like that where it's like it doesn't actually add to the plot. It's just like some weird add-in. I'm like, I'm not listening to that. That's fair. Listening, reading that. Yeah. But, I don't blame you for but that. But I would never skip like a chapter or like to the end of the book to find out what happened. Yeah, or I even, would be so mad if I spoiled 60 it. Sixty pages in feels weird. That's a yeah. thing that people do. Yeah, it's the sixty-page strategy. Huh? Like they read the sixtieth page and then that Decide. decides on if they want to read the book. I mm-hmm. I have a fifty-page strategy where I will read the first <laughs> fifty pages of a book that I might not be feeling the best about, and well, that's a rookie move because some books pages, don't pick up till way later. How's that different from the 60-page strategy, then? I think the 60-page strategy is stupid. I'm just saying that your method is also stupid. Well, no, it's more like (laughs) if I'm deciding if I want to keep reading a book that I'm not really that excited about reading. Oh, I see. Like, I'm not feeling it for the first few pages. I'll at least give till page 50. Are you a big DNF-er? Like, do you always do DNF books often? Did not finish? Yeah. Um, every so often, sure. I like rarely do it. Even if it's shitty, I'm like, I have to know what happens. I think it's like an addictive personality. Yeah. So much of my, my recent reads have been suggestions or loans from friends. So I feel like there's that extra motivation to read through a book that, you know, if I'm not feeling it too much, like I'll still read it all the way through because, you know, a friend cared enough to loan me a book you're so sweet sometimes people recommend stuff i'm like this is trash yeah they recommend them but what if they like give you their copy of the book and like Um, hey are you talking about me you to read this i don't think i've ever given you a book in that no i've given you so many oh that's true but there's there's so many of them i know shoot sorry ours is for the podcast though i don't just willy-nilly get yeah well i do but that's true anyways question gun to your head why is why does there always have to be a gun to my I head? Because I'm I'm choosing violence. Are you more of a New York City or a Sunshine Falls kind of guy? Oh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. As someone who lives in Vancouver, well, do you really live? That's in Vancouver? what I'm getting at. Where I live in, like, you know, it's not a suburb of Vancouver, but it's like South Pretty Vancouver. Much. It's like you, you essentially know, live in Seattle, detached homes and like elementary schools area. Uh, but it is still Vancouver, and I can still get downtown in like 20 minutes. So, oh, that's tough. Honestly, I feel like you could go either way. Honestly, at this point in my life, probably Sunshine Falls. Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't want to have grown up there. Like, I grew up in a suburb of Vancouver. I wouldn't want to have grown up there and stayed there yeah. and lived there my whole life. I feel like there is. it's important to get out into a place where people are and different people from you. And Yeah, diversity is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but then, at this, you know, I'm... I'm Coming close to thirty, Alyssa. So. <laughs> You're so old, Chandler. <laughs> I'm still getting ready to settle down. Says and the girl who's almost fifty. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, your forty fifth birthday is uh, coming shut up. Shut up! <laughs> I'm not that old. 30, uh, that's my thirty fifth. Yeah, 
I don't I that question is so funny for me because I will always gut instinct say New York mm. but I've never been to New York oh my god you haven't no, you should I go really should go you should take your girlfriend it's so time, and yeah. you can do it like cheap you can mm-hmm. not sorry I'm just saying <laughs> you can do it cheap. <laughs> we're both laid off it's fine to do we're trying to cheap. save money okay yeah. Um, hopefully by the time this comes out, we aren't laid off. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, because um, we'll get spo- <laughs> we'll get we work to sponsor all of these episodes. Um, okay, sorry, but so I would like knee jerk reaction. I want to say New York because I love New York so much and I love city life. I mean, obviously, like I love city life. But the more I read contemporary romance the more I can't help but fantasize about the idea, especially being single, of moving to, like, some small-ass town and meeting, like, some divorcee furniture maker with, like, a daughter that I fall in love. And he wears, like, a lot of flannel and has, like, a dog and has this, like, cool epic house he built. That's what I dream about. So that's giving Sunshine Falls. I would love to live in sunshine in the Sunshine <laughs> Falls of this world. <laughs> I don't know about small towns in the real world because small towns in the real world tend to have people who... Suck. Really? <laughs> I mean, I'm from a small town. I grew up very small town compared to where you're from. Who Yours is a city. Politically different from... <laughs> The two of us. Yes. But that's okay. You can be progressive and you, maybe I run for town council and make changes for the good in the small town. I don't know. I pick New York, by the way. Best of luck to you on that. <laughs> what would, so I've actually thought about it. Sometimes I look at jobs and houses in Langley because my best friend lives there. And every time I go, Fort Langley gives that vibe. It kind of like, does. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so cute. But it's also still close to Vancouver. I'm not actually going to move there. Anyone else who's listening. I mean, I might one day, but not right now. Very cute little bookstores there. Yeah. Which is so necessary to have in all rom-com books. Do you... Sorry, speaking... this one, which is very central to the plot here, actually. It's, he's taking over his family's bookstore, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's... Because his dad is ill. Okay, wait. <laughs> Under your head. He hates yeah. this. Bringing guns into this. He hates it. Um, but Maybe you will get along with small town <laughs> folk. Okay, no, but do you... So you buy your books at Value Village. Do you ever buy from, like, bookstores or Amazon or what... How does that work for you? Hardly ever. Sometimes if there's a book coming out that I'm really excited about and it's, like, a new book and so there's no way I'm going to be able to get it secondhand. But I'd say, like, 90% of the books I have are from secondhand. Value Village or other thrift stores. Yeah, I, I'm... um, I, It's hard just because I don't drive. And where I live downtown, there's, like the closest thing is an indigo and it's still like 15 20 blocks away oh yeah so i order a lot on amazon which i'm not proud of but i also do a lot of i know i do a lot of thrift shopping though for books as well but like you said new books but whenever i go to langley where my friend lives she lives right by a small bookstore it's called so it's in langley and it's called albany books and it's so cute they have one i think in surrey too but it's so adorable and they did for Iron Flame, the new book coming out in the Fourth Wing series. That's where I got my signed copy mm. is I went in because every time I go to her house, I'll buy a book there just to support this bookstore. And she was like, oh, do you like the series? And like points to like a poster. I was like, yeah. And she was like, did you pre-order? And I was like, yeah. And then she was like, well, d- we have signed copies. And she literally, I bought a second copy of Iron Flame because she had signed copies. And I wanted to support this like 
small bookstore. Yeah. I couldn't help it, but Did I just it love more it. for the signed copy. No, it cost oh, the okay. same. That's I mean, awesome. it was still forty dollars Canadian, so I've spent Ooh. eighty plus auto. I've Man. spent a hundred dollars on this book Holy already. Shit. You know how many books you can get from Valley Village for that? They give you a fifth book free for every four books you buy. At least up here in Canada. I don't know if that's elsewhere, but no, they do. I love it. Oh, that's so funny. Um, We're getting so off track. I know, from but this book. sorry, bookstores. That is like such. A, I love small town bookstores, and like I think that's like the stuff that makes Sunshine Falls so attractive. Is like thinking about those things because we've romanticized them from reading books and watching TV. Yeah. There is so much romanticization of bookstores in oh, contemporary it. Roman. But the sad thing is that they're all dying. <laughs> I know. Because people buy books from Amazon Shut instead. Shut up. I'm sorry. I would love to open a bookstore one day. Yeah. Like a co-working bookstore space. I think I saw one in New York, That's that, which is really on brand for this. Cause it's like um, a space where it's like a bookstore, but you go in and you can work. <laughs> ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know Sponsored by <laughs> Book We Work. <laughs> okay. We Book. So Emily Henry said she wanted to write a novel from the ex's point of view, the person who was left behind in those Hallmark Christmas movies. So that's essentially why she made Nora the protagonist, is she was always getting left by men who are going for the small t- town romances. It happened multiple times where her ex would, her exes would break up with her, her to pursue love in a small town. Wow, and good for them. So I so thought that was... for them. But you're right. Like, you even hit the, head on, the nail on the head. Hit the screw with the shoe. <laughs> Shut up. Anyways, so um, when you said that she was like trying to do like the opposite of like the formula, that's the exact thing. Is she took the Hallmark movie and went, let's write it from this point of view, which is fine to do. But I do you think don't that need she, to she went it. too hard <laughs> on explaining that she was doing that. Yeah, we just do it, and it's fun, and it's different, and it's subverting without yeah so much back padding so let's talk about uh nora and charlie also i'm a big fan of charlie for a male name big big fan loved that my dad's yeah. name is charlie well his first name talking is about charlie swan <laughs> no my dad's oh. actual first name is charles i thought you were trying to make a his, joke he goes by his middle name i thought you were trying to say that charlie swan is your dad well, that like too. mother dad you know that whole why do you think i love <laughs> charlie swan so much? okay wait i was literally before you told me your dad's name is charles i was about to say every Sorry, I touched my mic. Chandler's going to get it's so mad at me. smacking your mic around. <laughs> um, every Charles, Charlie I've ever met is hot. And you were like, my dad's name is Charlie. And I was like, should I say it? <laughs> I've never met your dad, though. He could be a total smoke show. Please comment. Yeah, he's... he's <laughs> where do you think I got this from? I get with you. Okay, so let's talk about... We're talking about them. So Charlie leaves behind his city life and his city career and city job to go well, work. He didn't leave the career and job. He's still doing it. He's working remotely. Oh, yeah. He works remotely, but he le- he left like that city world yeah. to go and support his dad in the small town at the bookstore. But the town, he doesn't really fit in with and he feels uncomfortable. Whereas Nora is brought there on vacation. Where am I going with this question? I don't know. Is there a question mark at the end of the <laughs> sentence you have written I down? I think I'm bad at <laughs> podcasting today. I'm not good at this. Let's talk about the first meeting between Nora and Charlie. Um, what is your impression of the romance overall? Do you think they're actually a good fit? I do, actually. I think that this is the one time I think that they're actually a good fit. They're quite similar. Yeah. Yeah, they're very similar. They, 
you know, both work in the same industry, which obviously isn't a prerequisite for getting along with someone romantically, but yeah, their lives very are very career driven yeah, too, very and similar city. lives. And, uh, yeah. and the fact that, you know, they both don't want kids and they both do want to live in the city, but they're okay with like popping over to Sunshine Falls. That's what happened at the end, right? They both ended up going back to New Yeah, they both ended up coming back to New yeah, York. Yeah, he went to New York. Because yeah. Libby took over the bookstore. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. remember. Oh, so cute. Her, but his dad was also all of a sudden cured and happy too. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah cuz that's what happens after you go home <laughs> to take care of your ailing parent. They just get better and then you can just go live your life with your new girlfriend in New York and then propose to her at the end in the epilogue because of course Were they, they proposed? Do. Did he propose? Yep. Oh, shoot. Um, sorry. And then I wrote that he never really quite fits in at the town. Like he's definitely a city slicker. City slicker. I don't think I ever said that. City slicker. Like us uh, two city slickers. <laughs> slickers. We're um, the rat people of the city. <laughs> what are you? What are your thoughts about Charlie's struggle with Sunshine Falls? I think it was also very... I love how I answer. What do you think? I think. <laughs> well, the, you're the one with all the questions, so you can answer them however you want. I just, I'll just chime in. <laughs> I just think, like, because Emily Henry was trying to do the opposite of everything, that usually people always find the towns, like, charming, and they fit right in, and the town accepts them and has a parade in their honor. But this time, he, like, didn't fit in, so I feel like she did that on purpose, of, like, the opposite of what usually happens. Well, she even kind of mentioned that right off the jump, because Dusty, the author... Um, that book that Dusty wrote. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right? Uh, it was set in Sunshine Falls. And then uh, right. Charlie's big, um, like when he was talking to Nora when that book was going out, or actually it at was, the dinner. He yeah, hated he, it. Yeah, because he was like, no, this, sound, this town is super unrealistic. Yeah. Because he's from Sunshine Falls. Yeah, literally. And the town is different from how it was shown in the. Um, in that, in the novel, in the fucking contemporary romance novel, in the contemporary romance, this is the second time <laughs> you've done this, Emily. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I, I appreciated the somewhat more realism there. Yeah. Of it being like, yeah, not. I mean, small towns have their issues too. It's not just this beautiful getaway place that you can go and oh, look at all these quirky characters in this cute bookstore and this cute coffee shop. Like there are, you know, kind of shitty people there too. In fact. There was that one um, blind date that she went on, and yeah. the guy like really sucked. Yeah, so relatable. Yeah, like I, I very much relate to Charlie as someone who, I mean, not like I grew up in a small town by any means, but I mean, you can call where you're from small town. We'll but I was it. drawn to live in close proximity to the city, big city. Yeah, because again, like it's it's just a it's a different world, you know. It's pretty cool. What are your thoughts on the ending? What happens with next with Nora and Charlie? So they get engaged. Um, I also feel like he moves she, to New York. She had a chance to nix the epilogue and like make a bit of a oh. statement where this is going to be a different, you know, like normal people. Does normal people not have an epilogue? Like normal no. people definitely doesn't have an epilogue. I wasn't expecting no. normal people to have an epilogue. No, though. it ends with she says. Oh, you'll yeah, yeah. stay and or I'll go or you know what he'll I'm go sure. to New York and, and then she'll, she'll stay, stay in Ireland and then they'll figure it out but and you then, know that they probably won't but there's like a, a no like an online story that Sally Rooney had published pre normal people that she had written initially and it was what happens after that oh, cool. so you can actually see so, it and it's not happy so, so an epilogue does exist it's but called it just like wasn't the included. dentist or something huh. yeah 
Anyways, let's talk about normal people. Um, we should talk about normal people. I would people. really let's, like to. Let's and make I'd, that the next that's series. The thing. Of, yeah. Is this, these books, these Emily Henry books, as amazing as they are, they're not as easy to talk about as some of the other books that we've read. Like Sally Rooney would be much easier for me to converse about. Or because honestly, I haven't read these that long ago and I'm having trouble remembering there's details. More, there's just more. Because they're so about. similar. They're so, all they're of just, these books. Like, I'm not, sorry, I'm not trying to like trot on contemporary romance i and do I enjoy them, them and they're when fun I read them. Yeah. but again like there's just less to less to really discuss than yeah. like a sally rooney or like taylor jenkins read i think it and is cool fine. she like reversed the tropes and stuff like i think that's really fun in this book and i did love this book more than the other two so i Liv- don't know L- livy was fun yeah let's talk about livy actually um although it was such a move for her to like be planning on moving there already know that and then just like try to convince so try shady. to trick her sister into wanting to move oh there God. too that was so ridiculous but also libby for me is the su- grumpy sunshine trope but in sisters oh that's fun that's yeah. what it like kind of gave me libby is the normal contemporary romance protagonist oh my god that's so true and she's pregnant and like married yeah so she's ex- she is the happy ending, and but we just got those the sad sisters story, yeah. which I love Nora and I related to her a lot. Apparently, I did like Nora too, actually. Yeah, like I liked them a lot, um, which I think goes to show something that like here are these characters that don't want children, and they're they're the ones we like Emily Henry wrote specifically to subvert the usual characters that are in these types of books. And we're both like, these are the best. This <laughs> Literally. is the best one. And people hate it. Like on TikTok, I watch so many TikToks <clears throat> of people talking about Emily Henry books and people do not like this book. They love Beach Read and they dislike book lovers. And I'm like, pardon? What pardon? Mean, what do you mean pardon? Like the reason is because it goes against, it deviates but I like that. from the template, which we talked about in Beach Read about how, yeah, about how, um, you know, contemporary romance novels don't get as much respect as they should or as much as like, you know, the the great American novel or like just general like literary fiction. And I was saying, oh, yes, I feel yes. like that's because they have to follow a formula. Yeah. And following a formula doesn't allow for very much. Honestly, like. Well, if you actually break this down, Chan, it's still following the formula. It, yeah. Like it, she's pretending it I'm does it, but this it is. One doesn't, so yeah. it's still very much contemporary romance. She's, it's just like you know, she's deviating the tiniest bit, and yeah. that's why. But people <laughs> hate it. That's why people hate it. It's so. So could funny. you imagine if she tried to deviate even more from the formula? Yeah, no, it wouldn't be contemporary romance either at that point. Yeah, um, it would be normal people. I did also like Nora and Libby, how she supported Libby. Do you remember? She was like, she like made sure that they have a house. She like took care of Libby. It was like her younger sister. And that was like a whole point of contention throughout the book is Libby was like, I'm fucking fine. Leave me alone, yeah. essentially. And then at the end, she realizes she needs to stop serving as Libby's guardian, uh, but as her sister instead. What do you think? What impact did that have on Nora and her direction in life? Because like she was very like, work hard, like bleh. Well, this, this kind of brings me back to what we were talking about in Malibu Rising, Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yeah, Nina. With Nina having to take over as the like the grown-up in the situation. Yeah. Because no one else was there, too. And that kind of happened for Nora after uh, their mom died. Mm-hmm. So she had to be the, the grown-up and take care of Libby and make the sacrifices for Libby. But now Libby's at a place where it's like, you don't have to make no. sacrifices for me. I'm fine. We're doing good. Like, we got we got our own thing going on. Yeah. But Nora still feels like she has to. And I feel like that was kind of a big thing here uh, of Libby. You know, talk about character growth of Libby being like, no, like, this is it. Like, you gotta, you gotta let me <laughs> do me. 
you go do you but also hey come live in sunshine falls with me mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird thing yeah but want. also follow me to this small yeah. town they were just very codependent i think as mm-hmm. like siblings course, yeah. which is fine but i do think like how her sister essentially letting her free impacting her life i was thinking about this is that was kind of like the i don't even know what to call it but the point in which she is able to actually chase her own happy ending because her whole life she had been like this workaholic where men were choosing other women over her and like going for that small town romance and she could actually like i don't know be free and like have the capability that she could move if she wanted to or she not that that's what it takes to have a man it just gave her more freedom to be herself instead of like this stressed out guardian essentially yeah that's true but when it comes to like relationship v career and work and all that i feel like she kept she you know was still still, fine yeah and she still had that same relationship with uh with work and career but she just ended up with someone who had the same kind of relationship with work and career I mean, usually, like, I can relate with that. I am loved. I mean, this isn't a great time to talk about it, but I am usually pretty career driven. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've known me for a long time and I, I you see how hard I work. This is the first time where I haven't been working and it's making me go a little bit cuckoo. But so I, I really related to Nora through the whole book and how she was feeling. But yeah, I loved Lily. Nope. Libby, why can't I get her name right? We just ate and I think I have like full girl sleepy brain. Um, but Libby was awesome related to Nora though. Yes. But I also liked Charlie. Yeah, I did too. Like there was no characters I disliked. Charlie definitely seemed like more of a normal person. Wait, Um, I actually didn't love her mother. In that like he wasn't necessarily normal. He he just seemed like more. And I think that this comes from Emily Henry getting better as a writer, but like he seems like more of an actual real person than someone in a contemporary romance novel he has his faults he has his quirks he has his like yeah the things that they were joking about like over text so about, like, but, yeah exactly about like mm-hmm. bigfoot erotica or yeah whatever. oh my god so it's, funny it's, it's it's and they have normal names <laughs> their names are nora and charlie not january I mean, and augustus is nora that common i don't think that's super common but still they're always like a little a like little. libby isn't normal that's true what is that short for i don't even know Elizabeth or yeah I call Elizabeth Nora is quite I think I also related to her because she's quite anxious if Mm. you remember she has anxiety and she's quite anxious from the loss of her mother and then taking care of her sister which we were sort of touching on but she carries around a lot of fear around that not that I can relate in the why she's um anxious but her like anxiety in general and how she was like very type a because of it was interesting in a protagonist yeah i feel like there's a lot of type a going on for emily henry Uh, but also for taylor jenkins reed it's very main character energy that is true yeah there's definitely a big type a in uh happy place coming up for our nart our our narc stuff. <laughs> what were you trying to say? Our next episode. Oh, what did you actually? I said a narcs. <laughs> okay, we're so wacky today. Um, I think that's that might again be because like there's there's not too much to talk about no, here. Let's I'm be real. Struggling. Why are we struggling so bad? Like I want to dig into like glamorizing her mother, but I'm also like oh, I don't want to talk about it. Like I just like. Eh. Because with contemporary romance, 46, (laughs) with contemporary romance, the, and I'm excited to talk about Happy Place because Mm -hmm. as far as like subverting how contemporary romance novels go, like that one actually puts a lot more emphasis and time into the friendships that are happening in that book rather than just the one romantic 
relationship. Yeah. Which is generally the case, at least as far as I've read through Emily Henry, um, of these books. Which is also why, like, for a podcast where we're focusing on relationships in books, we can only talk so much about, like, when there's only one, like, full... Well, I can ask you personal questions. I can be like, have you ever had an enemy at work? <laughs> no. Yeah, me neither. Well, exactly. Actually, I definitely have an enemy at work, but it wasn't romantic. Yeah. Like, like a like a romantic enemy at work? Well, yeah. Like if well, in that think- case, yeah, a bunch. <laughs> No, but like they go on that first meeting at, the, I think it was a restaurant and they have like a terrible time and then they end up getting engaged by the end of the book. Like I've never had anything that could lead to that. Once I hate someone, I hate them for life. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe if you end up loving them, it'll, it'll be that much more fiery and uh, intense. I guess I'll need to get a job. Before I you just, just got to go find all your enemies. And... Have you ever dated anyone you worked with? No. Oh. Me neither. Yeah, that's <laughs> incestuous. What? Why is it incestuous? That's how people meet people. So many people's relationships start from working together. Just go find someone on the. <laughs> go find a stranger on the internet. Not like a every person likes dating. Chandler loves online dating. I mean, now he has a girlfriend, so I'm hoping he's not on there anymore. But definitely not. <laughs> but I hate it. I hate online dating more than anything in the world. Well, yeah, that's because you're a woman. <laughs> I'm what a is man. That supposed to be? So things are nice and fun for me, and oh. I'm not afraid of dying all the time hey that was very insightful Chandler and accurate yeah wow so it makes sense that's what see I want to talk more Sorry. about dating app experiences than I do this book and I liked this book <laughs> uh, I'm in a mood sorry what did you write the book I rated all of them five stars I checked earlier and I literally even beat read I gave five stars you're right I have a problem because after like talking about these I'm like oh no how do you know which ones you liked more than the other ones then well I just know in my heart because I go my favorite is people we meet no happy place people we meet on vacation book lovers then beach read but I think it might now be, now that we've talked about it, I think it might be Happy Place, Book Lovers, People We Meet on Vacation, then Beach Read. Okay, we got to save this conversation for the end of our Happy Place episode. Sorry. Wrap up, Emily Henry. How dare you? Sorry, sorry. We'll get back to that. Is there anything else you want to talk about with Nora and Charlie? So I understand that because it's a, it's a book and mm-hmm. they don't want to give the payoff of them hooking up anytime early. Like you have to oh, build up right. to yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know, like... There's always got to be like a reason not to. It's like, oh, because we're we're working together, but like right. we'll still skinny dip and like make out, and then oh no, we can't. Does that happen? Yeah. Yep. In this book? Oh yeah. They were saying we can't, and then they skinny dip and make out. Yeah, and then they're like, oh no, we can't go further. Stop. But it's like I just need to just do it. Just yeah. Whoa. And I, yeah, like it's a it's definitely a trope for um, contemporary romance. Forbidden where, love. Forbidden love. Yeah. And there's always a reason not to, but I don't know. Just just be adults. You're attracted to each other. Just just hook up. So do you <laughs> think that doing? they would have worked out? Oh yeah. You think this couple would have worked? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they would have gotten like engaged so quick or like a yeah, lot of engage. things. I hate that freaking epilogue every time. But a lot of uh, a lot of things obviously fell into place. Like, oh, his dad got better, so we could leave Sunshine Falls, and oh, Libby can take over the bookstore. Blah. Yeah, like, it's, it's too convenient. Good, and now they can both live together. Aw, in, in New York, York and... because they're both sharks. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking sharks. <laughs> but that is kind of what I was getting at. Wait, she was called the shark, and then she told him that he's called like the storm cloud. I think. I don't remember. Something like that. 
Anyway, I have such I, a bad that's, memory. I don't really have too much else to say about this one. Honestly, this I mean, one it's a fun. They're fun books. Was another they're chaotic. fun to read, but like they, <laughs> I do love reading them. In yeah. the moment, they're such a good. And I always recommend to people. So as I've talked about a few times on here, I I do have anxiety and I'm an anxious person. When my life is causing me to be really anxious at certain points. Obviously, we all have ups and downs in life and stresses. When mine get really stressful, and especially during the pandemic when I was struggling. My biggest thing was you could tell when I'm struggling if you go through my book history and if everything I'm reading is like Emily Henry, you know, like oh, mentally, man. that's like my thing because it helps so I much. just imagine your parents like keeping an eye on you through your Goodreads like, oh man, Alyssa had a bad <laughs> month this month. I love that you think my parents know what Goodreads is. Wow. But no, like if you think about it, because I'll start reading like one or two pages and I'll already be calming down because it takes you so out of your own life. But it's also nothing that's going to be in those books is going to trigger me to like bring on anxiety. No, they're yeah, they're great. It's like they're the nice. Perfect. They're nice reads. Yeah. You know? So I, like I always it. recommend people to do that when they're anxious. Yeah. And I've I've enjoyed them myself. I read I think I read this one actually when I was at Scandinav Spa for like the oh, day. Lovely. It was uh yeah, it was it was nice. Yeah, you you can do it in one sitting, these books. Like they're easy reads and like they're not small font. Well, I mean they're decent, but like it's like a quick read. Yeah. But there just also doesn't seem to be too much to discuss about them. <laughs> I mean, I I'm not rereading honest. pages because it went over my head, that's for sure. Yeah, so but I Emily think... Henry's still amazing. For the record, yeah, I feel like we're yeah. being we're, we're kind of shitting on her. We're definitely fans. It's just uh, compared to some of the other literature that we read, this one is easier to stomach and less to talk about. Yeah, speaking of which, let's talk about Happy Place next week <laughs> yeah. on Read the Room podcast. I've been Chandler. You've been Chandler, and I am Chandler. I am Chandler. <laughs> I'm also Chandler. No, you're not. We've been <laughs> we've been over this. You're not. Ch- I'm Chandler. <laughs> um. Anyways, but yeah, next week we'll talk about Happy Place. I'm really excited to talk about it because it's one of my favorites, and I think we'll have more to talk about with Happy Place. Yeah, because there's like more relationships going on. There's friendships. Yeah, there's like more there's than two characters. Family stuff going on. Yeah, <laughs> there's like six. Yeah, in the main, at least. Yeah, in the main thing. Okay, cool. Um, and there's a there's a cabin and there's water. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> no way. Yeah, and a small town. Is it? Yeah, there's a small town there too. Of course there is. All right. End yeah. it. And just, that's how we end these now. <laughs> Fucking gun to your head. End it. Okay, oh, bye. No. When you don't have. Because <laughs> I meant to say the ending thing. We didn't say subscribe. I don't care. Oh, did you start it again? Well, now I have to sync it up again. You don't have to. All right, Chandler, sync this up again. Three, two, one. He actually ended it, and now we have to restart the ending because we didn't. I meant end it, like say what you usually say. What at do the I, end. I usually say? Uh, this Thanks is for the... joining us on this episode of Read the Room. I'm. Ch- no. I said that. I oh, said and then I said I'm also Chandler. Yeah, you, okay. you. Okay, well, you. <laughs> end it. If you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, remember to subscribe to us on social media. Hit that like at button let, at Let's Read the Room. <laughs> yeah, and then um, if you could subscribe to us on YouTube, and did I already say? That? <laughs> and, oh, and leave us reviews, and we'll yeah. read them off. Oh yeah, I'll read one right Especially now. Especially if they're really mean and funny. <laughs> No, I don't want mean ones. I'm going to, honestly, I'm more likely to read the ones that aren't mean, if we're being honest. Okay, but if what if there's only mean ones and we've no. promised review reads? That would be so awful if everyone we knew just left us mean reviews. Why can't I get into that would actually it? Oh my God, we have a new hilarious. review. <gasps> like recently? Yeah, but Whoa. I still can only see the get top in three. There. 
So it says we have That's five right. reviews. We have more than three reviews, everybody. <laughs> but I can and only are, see three. People are listening to this one when, like <laughs> weeks down the line. Am I dumb? For the record, we, we released as of this episode, as of us actually talking to you right now, present day we released like two days ago yeah we did yeah so but i am looking right now and i think maybe they have to they have to go through an approval process because i can only see the first three but um this one is from somebody named k underscore m underscore m and i have a feeling that it's my girl mod um but it says this podcast is amazing feels like having a conversation with friends they're so hilarious and i actually laugh out loud so much during these episodes i hadn't read that that's so cute oh yeah Thanks, Maudie. I think it's Maud. If it's not Maud, it's Kate. And also, thank you, Kate. <laughs> thank you to whoever you are out there. <laughs> I'm assuming it's one of them. But anyways. So yeah, leave us a review and we'll um, try to read it. And Yeah, if, we, if Chandler doesn't just end the episode aggressively. Okay, bye. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's do this again sometime. Now end it. Let's do this again sometime. <laughs> we will do this again next week. See you then. Bye.